Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coffee with Recruit podcast. I'm your host, Jose. First of all, apologies for the lack of episodes throughout November and December. I took a break from weekly podcasting, enjoyed Christmas, got fatter, played video games, and lost all motivation to be productive. Um, I spent way too much time playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and after getting destroyed by an online Sonic player 10 times in a row, I decided it was time to stop playing and get back to podcasting. Right now, I'm playing The Witcher 3, which is also fun and makes me less prone to having raging outbursts, and I've also started reading The Witcher books. While I'm at it, I might just check The Witcher series on Netflix, because why not? Also, you might be hearing this in my voice, but I've had quite a few calls today, and my voice is kind of tired, so apologies if I sound a bit groggy, but I'm definitely looking forward to this episode. How have you been? Hopefully you've had a wonderful Christmas and a Happy New Year. Have you set any New Year's resolutions? If not, then I wanted to suggest some of the benefits of goal setting and a few approaches to setting goals. I also wanted to discuss an interesting concept that I learned recently that might be useful in recruitment called survivorship bias. So let's get to it. So let's talk about New Year's resolutions and goal setting. According to some online articles, about 80% of New Year's resolutions end up failing. Also, most people I've met don't believe in goal setting in the first place. However, I feel goal setting can be very useful in our lives when used properly. Goals give us something to fight for, and being clear about our goals makes us more likely to achieve them. The most common method for goal setting is the SMART method. The word SMART is an acronym for the following goal setting guidelines. So first of all, you have um, the S, which stands for specific. So you need to make your objective something, let's say, tangible, something that is, let's say, simple, sensible, something that's, that's, that's tangible, I suppose, right? Something that exists and that you can really achieve. The M in SMART stands for measurable. So it needs to be a measurable goal, right? Something you can count, something that you can measure if you've succeeded or if you have not achieved it. Then you have the A, which stands for achievable. So the objective needs to be something realistic, something that's attainable, that you can that you can still have a challenge from, but that you can still achieve. The R in SMART stands for relevant. Well, it needs to be something important, an important objective that means something to you that is, let's say, important in your life. And finally, the T stands for time-bound. So it needs to have maybe a, maybe a deadline, maybe a time limit, maybe a, a deadline of, let's say, a month, two months, three months, and that helps you drive some urgency instead of procrastinating. So not all objectives or goals need to fit this model. What about lowering your stress levels? or spending more time with family, or looking after your mental health. I mean, can you really measure your your stress levels, right? Can you really say, oh, my objective needs to be measurable, 
so I'm gonna lower my stress levels by 20%. Well, not really, right? And some objectives are not exactly achievable, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't strive for them. I mean, what about the objective of being happy? I mean, can you really achieve ultimate happiness in your life? I mean, not quite, right? I mean, some moments you're happy, but undoubtedly, there will come the time that your happiness ends and you're gonna have to go through struggles or difficulties. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't strive for happiness. So don't let this model limit you. Some goals are worth pursuing even if they're not achievable, so be sure to fit these into your resolutions. Another goal setting tip is setting milestones. This concept is discussed in a very interesting book called The 12 Week Year. This book discusses how most people and businesses make the mistake of setting 12 month goals. The problem with this approach is that we then start procrastinating on our objectives until halfway into the year, and by then it's too late to do anything about your objectives. Instead, the book provides methods around how we can use 12 week periods to execute our tasks and improve our results. So, some of my own objectives for this year are Number one, at least bi-weekly podcast episodes. Number two, health goals. So, going out for runs or um, hit training or, or doing uh, still rings, which is something quite fun. Less gaming. Well, I've been gaming too much last year, so I want to game a bit less. More reading. I've been getting into uh, not just non-fiction, but also a lot of fiction books. So it's quite fun and I want to do that more. I want to do more music. I Sometimes I'm a, I'm a really bad guitar player, but I quite like playing guitar. And I like to fiddle on a MIDI keyboard, which is something quite fun to do. Um, and... And finally, I suppose hopefully this all leads to to a better quality of life and happiness. So here's an interesting concept that I learned not too long ago called uh, survivorship bias. And I wanted to talk how it applies to recruitment and how it can help you improve your recruitment processes. So what is survivorship bias? Now, it's a, it's a logical error of concentrating on, on the people or things that make it past some selection process and overlooking those things or people that did not make it through the selection process, typically because of their, their lack of visibility. Now, here's a popular example of how it works. So, this concept was, was really or became really popular during the Second World War. Um, and it was thanks to a statistician called Abraham Walt. What he did was he applied survivorship bias um, during the, the Second World War, and his goal was to lower Allied fighter plane losses to enemy fire. At that time, the military was only considering planes that survived their missions. So the army's suggestions was to reinforce plane armor in areas where the surviving planes had bullet holes. For example, the tip of the wings or the center of the plane. However, Walt pointed out that these are areas where planes could take bullets and still fly back from their mission. So 
it were safe areas where you could still get shot and make it back. He remarked that the planes destroyed by enemy fire were probably shot in areas where surviving planes had not been shot. So Walt's proposal was to reinforce areas where the returning planes were unharmed because these areas would surely bring the plane down. We see this also in recruitment. When trying to improve the quality of our candidates, we mainly look at the candidates that have passed our interview process. We then try to identify their skills and try to find these qualities in other candidates we source. But what about the planes that were shot down in this case, the rejected candidates? I was looking at the reasons for why some of my candidates have been rejected in the past, and I was surprised because the rejection reasons didn't coincide with the most common candidate qualities we look for. So some examples for rejection reasons. The candidate lacked communication skills, or poor skills in discussing trade-offs between technologies, or a lack of technological depth, or the candidate uses a waterfall method instead of agile, or the candidate thought a bit too highly of themselves and seemed overconfident. These are generally qualities I don't necessarily pay attention to. I'm generally looking for other top qualities, like, oh, how good are they with, let's say, Python programming, or do they come from certain types of companies, or years experience, um, and so forth. So how do you use this information? You can compile the reasons for candidates being rejected and try to turn these into qualities you can look for when sourcing. You can also develop interview questions that can help you identify these skills or red flags uh, that you can avoid. That way you can provide better matching candidates that can impress your hiring managers. So that's it guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like this episode, then please subscribe or follow this podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms. Thanks again, and stay safe.